Independent, totally biased, Hull Kingston Rovers. You are listening to the Red Robin Podcast with Joe Appleyard and Chris Johnson. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Red Robin Podcast. In this episode, we'll review our 25-0 defeat to St Helens, Talk about Elliot Minchella's season-ending ACL injury, Sean Wayne's first England squad announcement, our latest Heritage Cast interview, and of course, look ahead to Friday's Challenge Cup fixture against the Castleford Tigers. Well, again, we see Johnny Lomax with that ability to find the right player at the right time. He puts it over the top to Regan Grace, and again, that's a wonderful finish. He might not be as big and powerful as players like Ryan Hall for making ground at his own end of the field, but he's one of the very best at converting a chance into points. Chop down, chop down by Mozzie Mustafa. And again, good defence, good keen defence this from uh, from Hull KR and Fart looked for a way through and he's nearly through and there's the offload and there's the try for Jack Wellsby. Well, that was terrific scrum half play from Theo Farge. It was excellent support play from Jack Wellsby. And Saints score two tries in the first seven minutes here against Hulkington Rovers. And to lose forward, one of the unsung heroes. Oh, what a hit Good work from Marker from Matty Lees. Yeah, Joni Matautia has gone off for the champions. Joe Batchelor is on the field. Bachelor with a chance to shine. Yeah. with a chance to shine, and Lomax again with the tackle. What a crucial tackle. Defensively, Lomax has been outstanding for some. Well, don't re-up that ball. And he goes on his own, and he goes to try and get the ball Hello. down. And that was brilliant defence on James Rovey. Denied right at the last. It was Jed Litton. I think held up again. Ball is going to be held up over the line. Jeslitton, the number 14, and of course, the replacement hooker, Matt Parcel. He gets the thighs underneath the ball. There's no way that the ball's grounded. Saints here on the last. They're going to go for the one point, and is it Theo Farge has managed to get the ball through? And that could be a crucial moment. Would you believe Theo Farge has only kicked two drop goals in his career, both against Hull KR. The first won the match in golden points extra time right on their own try line. They'll do well to survive here. Smith goes on his own for the line, and has he managed to get the ball down? He's got the ball out in front of him, but Elliot Minchella again with his legs knees arms all over the place and i think he does just enough to keep the ball up sims to head injuries failing head tests they've lost lawler to the sim bin 
And now Alex Wormsley, has he lost the ball? Or will the referee say that's okay? He's just come back onto the field. He came back on with Aaron Smith. And incidentally, while scoring this try, Aaron Smith, he's had to leave the field, so there'll be a reshuffle now. At the Rovers' line, 19-0 they lead. Long pass out from Regan Grace, and what a pass that was from Jack Wellsby to set up Regan Grace for his second try. Centre over again, but Jack Wellsby with the pass that we saw so often from Lachlan Coote in the last two years. That support play from full-back, brilliant from Wellsby. Making it off the touchline. What a great kick from Tommy Makinson. Saints extend their lead to 25 points. So that was the commentary, guys, from Hulkingston Rovers. It's 25-0 defeat to the champions last week against St Helens. Again, Chris, it's great to be back speaking to you, mate. Another episode of the Red Robin podcast, but another defeat. I think it was expected, wasn't it? But I think we'll get there eventually with the victories and being a bit more positive. But another defeat for Kingston Rovers, mate. How have you been and how did you find last week's game? Yeah, mate, I've been good. I've been good. Um, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still 50-50 on Rovers at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, we ran Catalan close and, um, you know, I think be fair to come away with one point each after the game, but obviously we lost to the golden point. St. Ellen's, you know, a lot of supporters say, well, it was a free hit, but they're not free hits if you start losing games, are they? Because you, you need to start getting them two points. Um, so, yeah, all good at the moment, mate, but I'm just feeling I'm a, I'm a little bit 50-50 with Rovers at the moment because I, I just I can't see the positives yet. And, and that's only based on last season and what's happened over the past few seasons and so I'm just a little bit, I don't know, mate, I, I need some reassurance. Can you reassure me, Joe, that we're going to be all right? You're the wrong man to ask for that, mate. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> but um, I know it's such a tough one, isn't it, mate? I mean, as much as we want to be positive, we need to um, just be a bit more realistic. And that St Helens game in patches was really good. But how many times have we said in patches, we need to string an 80-minute performance and we just can't do it, mate. We're starting shite again. Two tries in five minutes and you can't do it against any team, never mind probably the best team in the country. It's it's a recipe for disaster, mate. We never start on the front foot and ultimately we just lose the rook. We concede tries and we're too far behind and you can't do that at any level, can you, mate? Never mind against St Helens. No, and, and let's be honest, once we saw St Helens going twice, we thought... You know, geez, this could this could be a, a cricket squad, don't we? Um, we conceded early tries. We did the same against St. Helens. And ultimately, yes, we defended well in patches. Um, and, you know, great credit to Rovers for, you know, basically reducing the scoreline. But fundamentally, we still lost 25-0. And... You know, sugar. What a great defensive effort it was from Rovers. We still lost. We still come away the game with, from the game with nothing. And and this is where I'm I'm sort of toiling at the moment, Joe. Because um, yeah, there's, there's some real positives coming through. Um, 
but there's a lot of negatives as well. And and we we said when we've started this podcast, didn't we? We don't want to be a negative podcast talking about Rovers. We're we're desperate for Rovers to do well, but at the same point, you can only comment what's in front of you. And and at the moment, we've come up short in two games, and we're going to talk about Minchella's injury. You know, at the moment for the cast game, Stoughton's not playing. Corbin Sims is doubtful. You know, Takarangi's not played any minutes yet. Vete doesn't look fit. You know, he's. It's not great, is it, at the moment, if you're a Rover supporter? No, it's not. And that's what we spoke about earlier, but like in our pre-season podcast, if you can call it that, because we had so much positivity and we was doing all the heritage casts. And then it comes down to it, and you're two games in, and you mentioned your Takarangas, your Corbin Sims. He went off with two head assessments and missed 60 minutes of the game. Elliot Minchella's done his ACL and he's out for the season. Our best forward at the minute, in my opinion, which we'll discuss later. And... It's tough, isn't it? Like I said, we get so many viewers and we're so grateful for all the listeners, but we're, we're just commenting on what we see, mate, are we? And at the minute, it's not the best. I mean, we'll go through the Saints game. Obviously, the highlights, there's none from Wilkinston Rovers, I'm afraid, but two minutes in, the first time Saints attack our right edge. Mikey Lewis, Ben Crooks, Greg Minikin all jump in. Johnny Lomax does a two-face two ball. And the Welsh winger, the flyer, Regan Gray, steps inside, beats Dean Adley, Adam Quinlan. You're two minutes in, Chris, and it's same old. The right-hand side's conceded. Bit of an easy try to concede as well. Regan Grace we could have just been pushed into touch. And it's just that urgency in defence, isn't it? It's not jumping out. Um, Greg Minikin was about five metres inside. So was Cruxy. And teams are that clinical in Super League. It doesn't matter if it's Wakefield or we're at the bottom or Lee or St Helens. If we create them gaps in defence, teams are going to score, mate. And Regan Grace... Just he's going to score them every day of the week if you don't give him any defence, mate. It was a rubbish start again, wasn't it, for Wilkingston Rovers? Yeah, and and like we said, you can't you can't present a well drilled team like St Ellen with the opportunities, can you? You can't you can't give them gaps in the line for them to attack because you know we're not playing just a top class Super League team. We're playing the, the current Super League champions, so they're quite quite uh, happy attackers and. Um, you know, for us to make the mistakes, for them to score, you know, because I don't think St. Ellen's were brilliant. I don't think St. Ellen's, you know, were at, at top form, but we just presented the opportunities for them to score. And and like you said, that early try, just, you know, if you sat at home on your set and you've been planning your night and you're looking forward to the game and you see that try go and you're thinking, bloody hell, this is going to be a long night. Yeah, it done. didn't take long, mate, did it? And that's the thing, St. Ellen's probably played paid at 60-70% and that's the worrying fact that we didn't even get close to their line when they weren't even at 100%. And you go five minutes later again, easy try for St. Helens, Theo Farjans off Greg Minikin. We're mentioning that name too often in defence. Bit of shoddy work at um, acting out from George as well. And Jack Wells, bit of grand final winner from last year, goes over for one of the easiest tries he'll ever score, mate, in his career, even at the age of 18. It was um, eight minutes in, 10 nil down. And I think I text you, didn't I? I won't repeat what I text you, but um, <laughs> I think you'll understand what I mean. It was... Um, again it's too easy isn't it? and it's not them same old same old in defence and ultimately there's only so many times me and you can say what they've got to do because it's obviously not working in training and there's nothing me and you can do mate at the end of the day is they but an easy try again for Jack Wells me and you 10-0 down yeah and and if you're honest Joe what was you thinking there was you was you, when that second try goes and you're thinking this is going to be 50 60 60 points here 
Yeah, I put Uber Eats up ready to go, mate, and um, I think KFC <laughs> was ordered. By the time I'd sent my text to you, I was um, doing two things at once. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just think it, it, it's, you know, it's. A, I think the problem with Robins is sometimes you can see these tries coming. Like, you, you can almost see, you know, one, once to make one break through the line, it's almost a gimme that they're going to offload it and there's going to be yeah. a runner coming through. Um, and, you, and you see Faj, you know, just put an hand off to, to Minikin. I do think that pass was a little bit forward. Um, but yeah, that's looking only, back at it, yeah, I agree. You know, it's difficult because, you know, when you talk about real and rugby, the referee's got such a difficult call to make there. I think if you look at the angle, you know, you it's forward. But, you know, I was sick with Minikin. When he, when he got off, handed off on that tackle, I was, I was livid with that. I was thinking, how easy is that for... For for uh, Farge to to make that break and you know I was thinking you know especially on the back of the, the criticism would give the right edge in that first game against Catalan it was a case of I was thinking you know no way a Rover's going to get back into this we we already look beat after what seven or eight minutes yeah yeah we did mate and it's so tough because I, I think I saw the refs cop a lot of stick mate and. I agree he didn't have his best game, and but he didn't concede the 25 points at the end of the day. You know, Rovers have got to be stronger. They've got to be better in defence. And I think what they've got to do is when decisions don't go the way, Chris, they've got to react better. I mean, we're just looking at this fair try now. It was a knock-on from Alex Wormsley every day of the week. He, he tries to pass it. He goes forward. And Aaron Smith, a former Robin, came on loan to us for a few games, didn't he, in 2018. He goes over. And then you're 19-0 down. You've got a, man, a yellow card. George Lawler picked up a yellow card for, I think, Rovers' fourth um, penalty, wanted it, in the space of five minutes. And again, it's down that middle. If they're not attacking our edge, our middle's not strong enough. And at the moment, the defence just isn't working. And I'm, I'm fearful every game that we play that we're going to concede more than 18, 20 points, which normally in Super League, Chris, means you're going to, yeah, you're not going to pick up the two points. Yeah, and and... You know, let, let's give the lads some credit because they really rallied in that first half, especially yeah, with Corbin Sims going off injured. Uh, you know, there was a, there was a lot of uh, fuss made of Corbin Sims. Obviously, he made that great gesture, didn't he, about wearing Masoy's uh, number and his, his name on the back. And, you know, um, one thing about Corbin Sims is he's an aggressive forward. He wants to take it, take it to the line no matter who he's playing. And he was a massive loss to go off so early. And, you know... We don't want to make excuses for, for the side because we're, we're expecting better than that. But it was a huge blow when Corbin Sims did go off. And But credit to the side, they rallied. And, and actually, they started to make a game of it. They did. And that's the frustrating thing for Patches. There was, they dominated the champions and they showed what they could do. And it's just that clinical edge and that still lacking that halfback role that we're going to move on to, mate, after we've spoke about the final try. Because at the minute... We don't look like we've got any leaders in the middle of the park to take us around the pitch. And just for the last try, that made it 25 points to nil. Again, I don't want to flog players. I don't want to make it specific. But Ben Crooks has got to get his game sorted because he is not the same player since he's come back from that neck injury. He was, again, seven, eight metres inside. The problem is, Chris, they haven't even put the power play on yet. They've passed it to Theo Farge. And then I'm looking now, Lomax passes it to Wellsby. And by the time Wellsby's even caught it, he's got two runners. But Ben Crooks has jammed in 10 metres. A player of Wellsby's calibre, who's nowhere near the calibre of certain players in Super League yet, will pick them passes every day of the week. And Regan Grace has 10 metres to play with. You can't catch him in two metres space, never mind 10. 
just at the moment, Ben Crooks is costing us a lot, a lot of points, mate. He, he just doesn't seem the same player at the minute. And I don't get this jumping in every time someone comes down his right-hand side. Yeah, and I think it's a difficult it's a it's a difficult problem with that right head because you know there's a, there's a number of players who've been highlighted for the defence and you know it's easy to isolate maybe Ben Crooks um, you know I've already spoke about Minikin we talk about Michael Lewis etc you know that there's a, there's a problem with that edge um, you know you look back at that trial what we conceded and yeah you know maybe the referee could have give a a knock on. Um, but we just seem to be, any time that there's a break in the line, we don't seem to be able to recover from it. And and it's interesting now that we, obviously we've got the Challenge Cup coming up, whether Crooks will feature, because a lot of the talk now is whether Ethan Ryan is going gonna, is gonna to step in and take his place. And, and if Ethan Ryan has a good game, the pressure is now on Tony Smith to, to whether he's going to select him. Yeah, it is. And, and that's the thing. We have got competition in places. Sometimes it might not be the best competition and the most quality competition, but we have got numbers in there who can step in. We've even mentioned Jimmy Carnos. You've got Ethan Ryan there. And if we're going on performances, Ben Krupp's definitely needs to take a step back and try and get his game together because I think he's really costing all Kingston Rovers. And a sour subject, mate, with all KR is injuries. We mentioned Corbin Sims there, Matty Stoughton as well, but the biggest one is our vice-captain for 2021, Elliot Minchella, picked up an ACL injury, Chris, and going to miss the rest of the season. I don't know about you, but I'm absolutely gutted for him. I think he's come on leaps and bounds since he's worked with Tony Smith at Rovers. I thought last season it was one of the shining points in a very dire 2020 campaign for LKR. And he's, he, you can see how much it means to him every time he puts on a jersey and that he, he's back in Super League, that Rovers will give him a chance. He started Super League like an house on fire. I love his offload game. I love his aggression. But He's come to Wilkingston Rovers and unfortunately it's kind of, you think you sign it on your contract, you pick up a major injury at least once in your OKR career because he's going to be out until the 2022 season. For me, it's it's awful news. I mean, obviously last season we had Weller, Araki and Mossy, which is a much more significant injury, but on the playing field, it's exactly the same. We are missing a key forward, probably one of our best forwards for the full campaign now. And it's crap, in it? I, I hate talking about it, and he seems gutted on social media. The fans have rallied behind him. But Elliot Minchella missing the season, ACL round two. Can't make it up, can you? No, and, um, you know, it's, it's a bit ironic, isn't it, the fact that Tony Smith's not started him for the past two games. You know, the, the first game against Catalan, he says he didn't pick him because of how he performed against Castleford. Then Ellen's obviously he then comes on, you know, gets in ACL. But what was really noticeable is that when he did come onto the pitch, the game changed. It was he changed the way the game was played for Rovers, and he actually turned the tide in both games. And um, we're going to be a much poorer team without him because if if Tony Smith's thinking is that George Lawler can play loose forward and replace Elliot Minchella then, you know, we really are going to struggle in that position. Um, and then if um, George Lawler doesn't play then you start moving uh, Dean Hadley there. Yeah, they're adequate replacements, but they're not bringing the same game that Elliot... So I, I think it's a, a catastrophic injury, and I think the team is really going to struggle without Minchella in it because... He just brings so much energy, drive, determination. Um, he just brings so much to that team that 
I don't think there's a, someone you could say adequate, uh, you know, someone replaces him like for like. All you can say is that the replacements, you know, might be close to what he can produce, but they're not going to be producing what he does produce. No, hundred percent, mate. I mean, he dictates the tempo as well. There's people like him, Jez, and they come off the bench, even Matt Parcell, and they change the tempo of the game. And Rovers ain't got much tempo at the um, at the minute. We're going to move on to the halfback situation again. Yeah, I was going to say as well, Joe. And and what I want to say is, I'm not criticising the other players. No, no, it's just it, what it, we need. It's just it is what they are, aren't they? But yeah, you know. I, one thing that has really bugged me is Tony Smith playing George Lawler at uh, loose forward. Yeah, it does. It winds me up, we, mate. We saw him pre Tony Smith was saying about converting Lawler into a prop. And, he, and he, he's been playing in there and he's been trying to... Co- we saw him against Castleford. One of the tries I was really pleased with is when he obviously brought the line close to it. So, so when I saw him lining up against Catalan at loose forward, I was thinking, hang on. Well, you've you've dropped Minchella for his performance against Castleford. You've then put a prop in inverted commas at loose forward. Fair enough, if you do that for one game, I can understand it. You give Minchella a kick up the arse, then you bring him in. But then he did it, he backed it up and he did it against St. Helens. And for the life of me, I just can't understand that. And, And I'm starting to get a little bit sick of these little quirks. We call them curveballs. We mention it in every podcast we've done now, these Tony Smith curveballs, but I'm getting sick of these little quirks, what he's doing, because for me, they're not working. No, they're not, and curveballs are good when they work, but every single curveball he does hasn't worked so far in his two years, and that's the thing we put out, didn't we, is is it time to question him, because I don't get this chopping and changing, mate, and you mentioned teams like Warrington and stuff like that, and Saints, they know what the span is. They know where every position is. Alex Wormsley's never going to go and play loose forward. I know he's a totally different prop and a lot bigger than George. But George started as a second row, back row when he joined the 19s. They've tried to make him into a prop. He's finally took him five years to turn into a prop in Super League. And now they're starting putting him at um, 13. It's that inconsistency in the starting 17 that's costing us because we don't know what the team's going to be until an hour before kickoff. And then doing these little curveballs like you said but the curveballs aren't working and we've got to cement our starting positions and again two rounds in I know injuries aren't helping but we still don't know what the strongest side is and we're going to get caught behind because we're going to be chopping and changing too many times and ultimately it's going to cost us because we're not getting them relationships on the pitch people aren't working together on the same sides and the and that and that's what's annoying me. Just same as you, mate. It's these little curveballs. It's these quakes. It's this not not honesty like with the press and with the fans. And I don't know. It just seems a little bit weird, doesn't it, mate? Two rounds in. It's like Takarangi saying, "Oh yeah, he's only out for a week," and now we know he's going to be missing four or five weeks. It's it, I yeah. just don't get it at the minute, mate. Well, let, let, I mean, let's take it back to the St. Helens game. Obviously, uh, you know, Regan Gray scored the the final try for St. Helens, and yeah. I mean, there was a lot of negatives, but I, I saw a lot of criticism on, on social media for the referee, uh, basically saying that, um, you know, he, he potentially cost us the game. I think there was one one decision in particular that baffled me and you, which was the um, when he, he, he pulled Quinlan back from potentially going the full length of the pitch because he, he called Abdul offside or was it a block, blocking the, 
defender. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I've spoke to a few a few Rovers fans since then, and we all agree. Why didn't he just let the game play out? Let take it to the and then if it was a block or he was offside or whatever it was, the video ref would have picked it up, wouldn't he? I just don't understand why X was so quick to, to blow up when he, he's got the benefit of a video referee who, who can help him out. That's the big talking point as well. And um, it's funny you've said that even the Champions League game, Man City and um, Dortmund the other night when Bellingham tackled and then scored, but they, they ruled it out straight away. They didn't even go to VAR. And it's like you have this big deal about video refs and VAR in football and the vital decisions. They're not even giving the VAR a chance or the video ref. I, I just, I don't get why it's there in some situations. And then the most simplest of tries, they'll go up for grounding and you know they've given, you know it's a try every day of the week. It's, yeah. But for me, it's just getting the rules and these new rules every year and these changes are not being fed to the fans, the players on social media. There's a statement with it in black and white and this is, you know, point one, point two. But they should do videos. They should do all this about what the new rules are because it's it's baffling, isn't it? And Quinlan might have not gone 100 metres because at the minute it doesn't even look like it can run 10 metres, never mind 100. <laughs> but you, you've got to give Rovers a chance there. And I agree, Hicks didn't have his best game. But luckily enough, he's refing us against Castleford um, on Friday. Night, so it gives, him, it gives him a chance to um, put his red and white shirt on and take his St. Ellen shirt off. But I do believe Rovers wouldn't have scored if they'd have played until next Sunday. So, no, I, I mean, I, I mean, let, I mean, let's let let's try and put a, a bit of a full stop at the end of the St. The St. Ellen's game. Uh, yes, Robert Hicks made a few dubious calls, but I think if if any Rovers fans watches that game back or watches the highlights reel. Very rarely did we get into St. Helens 20 and really cause them any problems. You know, we, we didn't turn them round. There was very rarely any dropouts. Um, there was no... We weren't held up over the line. Um, the lines that the second rowers were running, you know, were causing no problems whatsoever. You know, so so as much as, yes, you can point the finger at Robert, Robert Hicks for a couple of the decisions, attacking-wise, we was very, very boring. At, you know, and... I think credit to the side that they kept the score down to 25 points. But what we what we've been made famous for and what we're, we're sort of being um, applauded for is our attack. I thought we was very easily nullified. And other than a Jordan Abdul kick, and and I'm sure he'll get an award at the end of the season for the highest kick of the year because Sky couldn't wait to give him it and every kick he made there was uh, applauding how high it went not the fact that it actually went to a Rovers player or a St Helens player ended up knocking it on but he did a high kick um, our attack was very I think it was very average you, you, we don't put any realistically you look and you, these set moves and these set plays and even doing two runs to set up a play in a certain area we're not doing that at the minute and that's basic rugby league and we are very disjointed in attack. I don't think Abdul or Lewis know what they're doing. I don't think there's a leader between them at the minute. One of them's got to get grab the game by the scruff of the neck, and I don't think either of them's got that in them at the moment to do it, which is very, very worrying. It's two old lads playing at half-back, which is good, but you look at it in the bigger picture, and it's we can't even string a two-pass player at the minute, and... It's, it's not good to watch. We've lost that expansive bit. That was always the deal, wasn't it? We, you know, we concede 50, but we'll go and score 45 or whatever. And it, all that rubbish about last season that we play really good rugby. But we're not. We, we, we don't set plays. Abdul just kicks it on the fifth and last at the minute. The kicking game's not at its best. And 
we you look at again we have to compare it because that's what division we're in but um, Lomax and Fiofage Fiofage might not be the best player in attack but he works with Johnny Lomax they work together if it's on that right hand side or that left they know where they're kicking it they know where the wingers are with Makinson and Grace at the minute we just put, give it to Abdali boots it as high as he can and we hope for a knock on and the, the, the talented um, players I don't think I've seen Tompkins at Catalan ever knock a ball or never mind certain players it's we've got to these game plans have got to be better, mate, because it's very championship at the minute in attack. Well, yeah, I think the so, thing is, Joe, we, against Catalan, we we showed we can do it, and, and yeah, yeah, and then it um, just goes, doesn't it? Yeah, because we and, and I think the key to the Catalan game is when we we actually brought Quinlan into the line, and because obviously Ryan all benefited from a couple of his passes. You know, we we got the Abdul kick through what Ryan all got on, and and Ryan all was very anonymous in the in the St Helens game, and. I don't think that's his fault because he can only feed on what people give him. Um, and this is the, the, you know, we're going to bring on uh, in, a f- in a few days' time Josh Mansellato, Heritage Cast. And we talked about the 2015, 26 seasons. And we talked about inconsistencies. And, and we talked about how it killed us because as a supporter, we just couldn't put our finger on why you could go beat one a team by 50 points one week and then you go get beat by a team 50 points the next week. And this is, you know, I know it's only two games in, but it starts to creep in a little bit about, well, why can we do it one week? Why can't we do it the next? And and at the moment, all, all roads lead to Tony Smith in terms of, well, Tony Smith, why doesn't it, why can't we do it? Because because these are Tony Smith's players. The, these are the players that he's had the longest pre-season ever with. Um, and, and at the moment, as fans, we're trying to look at, well, why can't we do it? week in, week out. So, you know, other than questioning the players, who else is left to question other than Tony Smith? Yeah, that's the thing. I think pick up a few more defeats, mate, give it a two months or so, and then it really starts looking down to who you point your finger at, doesn't it? I think you're only two games in. Very real. We mentioned Josh Mansellato there. Chris Chester actually lost his... um, coaching role at care after three games didn't he in 2016 so it's, yeah. we've already spoke to Josh mate when we're doing this and it's a great chat and it's going to be released on Sunday guys 8am and what a brilliant bloke he is and like he mentioned about the halfback situation mate in 2015 you had that mix you had Terry Campisi, Bobby Blair, Albert Kelly compare that to what we've got now and that 2015 side absolutely shits all over this one done it just because they've got a really good six and seven and at the minute they need to step up. But he, there's a lot of things going wrong at Old Kingston Rovers, mate, and um, on the pitch, and hopefully we can sort that out. But we go again on Friday. We've got a Challenge Cup game at home on the Hour League app at 6pm. It's Castleford Tigers again, mate. We played them the other week, didn't we, in Adam Milner's pre-season friendly. I'll go through the teams of the tw- um, 21 and 20-man side before we start. So Castleford will line up with Nala Valds, Daryl Altfelt, Peter Mataltier, Michael Shenton, Jake Truman, Danny Richardson, Liam Watts, Paul McShane, Grant Millington, Oliver Holmes, Chase Blair, Adam Milner, Nathan Massey, George Griffin, Tyler Heppy, Jesse Senelafeo, Callum Smith, Greg Eden, Jordan Turner, Lewis Bianek and Gareth O'Brien, someone who I'll guess Josh Mantelato on Sunday has very wise words to say about him after the Million Pound game. And Rovers are going to line up with Adam Quinlan, Ben Crooks, Greg Minikin, Sean Kenny Dow, Ryan Hall, Jordan Abdul, Albert Vette, Matt Parcell, Kane Lynette, Dean Hadley, Jez Litton, George Lawler, Will Dagger, George King, Mikey Lewis, Ethan Ryan, Rowan Milnes, Louis Johnson, Muz Mustafa, who made his debut for the Robins last week against St. Helens, and Jimmy Carnhorse. Whoa, no. whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait there, Joe. 
You can't say Jimmy Kynos without saying the German international Jimmy Kynos. Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we, off them people who, um, the German page on um, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, ta- every time I hear him on Sky, he's always in, or you read about uh, Jimmy Kynos, he's always introduced as German international Jimmy Kynos. <laughs> Well, to be fair, we, um, it gives the um, international game a bit of a buzz, doesn't it? I think him, <laughs> three, I think him and his three brothers actually play for Germany, but I've never seen him actually a fixture being announced when you look at like Italy and Lebanon and stuff like that. But looking at that side, mate, cast, they've got all their team, um, all their players back now. They're looking very strong. Obviously, it's announced now that Daryl Powell's going to be joining Warrington next season, but they're coming off two victories, well, one in pre-season against us, and they've already beat Warrington and Leeds, mate. They're going to be up for it, aren't they? And I think Daryl Powell is definitely going to target some silverware in his final year at Castleford. We've got to be strong because we know what Castleford can do. You mentioned some of the players there, um, Jake Truman, all them. Like they can, they can turn the game on its head, can't they? Like Nala Valden. We've got to be stronger because they can tear us to pieces like they did in that pre-season match in the first Staff. Yeah, and, it, uh, it, and it, if if you've got Truman in your fantasy league team, you'll be very pleased with how he's performing at the moment because he's producing a lot of points. Um, you know, we lost the cast in pre-season, um, and that was a, a very a very injury hit cast team. You know, they rested a few players, and let's be honest, Rovers looked very average against that team. Yeah. Um, that the team we're putting out, obviously, it's very different. It's competitive rugby league. You know, you expect things to be different. I'm worried that Tony Smith is going to start moving players around, resting players, giving players the opportunity to play, which, you know, is difficult to to argue with not to do because, you know, we're on the back of two defeats. And, and these players, you know, Will Dagger, Ethan Ryan, Rowan Mills, Louis Johnson... Obviously, Mustafa's now played his way into the team. You know, they deserve an opportunity to stake a claim for, for Super League rugby. So it's very difficult to argue against Tony Smith picking them, but he wouldn't do that in a Super League game. And 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 realistically, as a, as a, a supporter who wants Rovers to win silverware, let's be honest, this is our best opportunity to win a trophy this season because we are not going to be in a grand final. And... You know, the argument is, should we, on paper, play our strongest team? And if you start playing Will Dagger, Ethan Ryan, Louis Johnson, you know, Mustafa, Kainos, potentially, is that our strongest team? I don't know. I, I, I really, this is the thing, and this is what I said at the very start of the podcast, Joe. I, I, I'm in sort of all over the place at the moment. I don't know what, where we are and where we're heading. And, the, and, and I don't know what to make of this cast fixture. No, I don't, mate. Um... That's the thing. It's the only piece of silverware we're going to actually have a chance at winning. It's knockout footy. Anything can happen because we're not going to finish. We're not going to win the league leadership, and we're not going to get to Old Trafford. That's uh, I can. We'll put our houses on it, and knowing how look, we'll go on a twenty-match winning streak. Now we've said that, but just a little talking point. Does Mus Mustafa get a bit more game time? What did you think of him? I thought he did well. I mean, his stature is not the biggest kid, but. Um, he runs it hard, he tackles hard, he's a bit of a no-nonsense prop forward. I think if he had a bit more height, if he had someone like Owen Harrison's height and ran like him, um, I think Owen needs to take a look at Mus Mustafa because that's how he run a ball and I thought he was unbelievable in attack. Just a bit raw, isn't he? And that's, at the minute, we need a bit more experience because Mus Mustafa's very raw. He's only played an handful of Super League games. But, it went well. For me, I think he gets a game. I'd like to see Jimmy Carnos Car- Jimmy getting in the German international, mate. I don't know about you. 
<laughs> well, I, I think it was interesting about Mustafa, wasn't it? Because he got big raps, didn't he, on social media? If you, massive, if you, massive. Yeah, he did. And, and, and I think James O'Brien said he made 25 tackles and he was only on the pitch for 25 minutes. So, you know, as a start, you know, what, 25 tackles every minute? Uh, one tackle every minute, sorry. I think his rawness was shown when he gave away that penalty when we was about, what was we, 25 metres out or 30 metres out? And yeah. I can't remember whose arm got wrapped round him. I think it might have been Wormsley or... I can't remember off the top of my head. It showed his inexperience there because he got sucked into that tackle and, you know, Rovers were in a good position there um, and he didn't need to get involved in that. So there's a lot of rawness there. I think he was all right. I mean, you know, to be, to be fair, he came on, did a job, didn't he? And it was... Yeah. At the time he came on, we were starting to play desperate rugby in a way because we weren't really challenging centre-lands. We were trying to sort of stem the flow of, of, of the rugby and look at the end of the day. He did all right, didn't he? We, we're talking about a player who came on, played 25 minutes on the back of a 25-0 defeat. So he, he didn't exactly come on and, and change the game, really. Um, and and we, we'll get accused of being negative for saying things like this. And this is what frustrates me at the moment. About being realistic and, yeah. um, you know, and it, and if the players are listening to this, you know, I'm being realistic about the performance. They did do well, but they didn't they didn't change the game enough to win it, and because we didn't win it, and we didn't we didn't reflect that in the scoreline. So I'm looking forward to seeing Mustafa. I, I hope he maybe gets. I don't think he'll start against Castleford, but I think he'll end up getting some big minutes. And it'd be interesting to see how he goes. One, one player against Castleford I'm really looking forward to is Louis Johnston. I think he's he's chomping at the bit. Um, Jimmy Carnhorst, I don't really think he's got a future at the club. I think he, he's a backup player, full stop, whereas when you look at Ethan Ryan, potentially Rowan Milnes, Louis Johnson, Moise Mustafa, you're talking about players who have got a bit of longevity there, haven't you? You've got players who can grow and might be around for a few years. Throw into the mix Will Dagger, you know, another one who's, who's, you know, we're not quite sure about where he fits into the team, are we? Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it, mate? But it, there's, a, there's been a bit of criticism about Quinlan, haven't they, about whether he's match fit, whether he's a bit whether he's a bit worried, is he a bit scared about getting a tackle because he's, we're so desperate for him to have a full season. And, and you think, well, is that playing on his mind because he doesn't seem to be the same player what he was in terms of, Running the ball out from the, you know, from from a high bomb and running it out, etc. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how some of these players go because um, we're talking about long term here. And I think Jordan, we say a while ago, would you risk Quinlan? Um, would would you got rid rid of Quinlan and put Dagger at fullback and spend that money on getting a a proven halfback? What? Yeah, Quinlan we did. Might be? And it's maybe coming home to roost a little bit, isn't it? What we was talking about, you know, a good few months ago. Yeah, it was. It was one of the beginning ones, mate. I don't even know if it was the first ever one. I think it might have been the first podcast we did. Yeah, I think it was, mate. And looking at it, you you do agree because as much as Quinlan offers you that bit of magic now and then, well, it's now and then, just like everything is at the minute with all KR. And I think his, his contract runs out at the end of the season. He'll be on decent whack. I think Will Dagger's got that bit about him. He's got the speed. 
he just needs a bit more game time because sometimes he does things that baffle me, Will Dagger. He kicks it out on the full a lot. His positioning is not the best. But he's a young kid who's got a lot more game time in him in the future than Adam Quinlan. In my opinion, I think I did say I would have done gone that route. Rovers haven't, so we're talking about the era now. But definitely next season, I think that's where you free a quarter spot up and you've got to go big on a half. Because, again, we, we haven't got a quarter spot at the minute, mate. There's no point saying these are available in the NRL. It doesn't matter. We're going to have to release one of our quarter players to do that. So there's literally no point even covering it, mate. But, yeah, Adam Quinlan, dribs and drabs at the minute. He's, he's had a lot of injuries and that can affect a player. You don't know what's going through his you know his mental state when he runs it in because he's picked up so many injuries in contact. But you look at the likes of Sean Briscoe, no nonsense fullbacks. That's the life of a fullback. You you know what you you're getting up. You know what you're signing up for, mate. And I'm just reading an interesting fact. The last time we actually met Castleford in the Challenge Cup was the '86 final, mate. Rovers obviously scored in the last second with John Dora here, but we missed the conversion. So there is a bit of history in the cup. There was a lot of people at Wembley that day, mate, but unfortunately, again, there is no fans, but we're nearly here, April 12th, the next step. You can start going to gyms, start going to pubs, and you've been able to do the ballots, can't you, mate? Have you done your ballot yet to sign up? I know there's no rushes, but um, just even little stuff like that, it makes it a bit more positive and that we can start to plan going to games and doing little stuff like meeting your mates. It does, it gives you a bit more bit more positivity in the air, doesn't it? Yeah, and the good thing is for you, Joe, obviously, you can, you can allow... Uh, six people in your garden now, but obviously because you've only got a couple of mates, you, you've still got plenty of room to spread out. Well, that's why I signed up for the podcast because I thought you'd have to be the other mate, but that's not where it's out. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously, like you said, Joe, we, we've all got the you know, if you're a Rovers Forever member, you've got an email asking you to to put your details in about who you want to sit with or stand with, etc. etc. So make sure you get that fil- uh, filled in. Obviously, as well, uh, you know, I've still seen on social media people that are aware that. The game against Castleford is actually on the uh, our league app. Um, so if you want to save yourself a bit of money, get it get it on now while it's four pound ninety five. Because if you leave it till Friday, is it ten quid? It goes up to Joe. Yeah, mate, ten quid. You know, ten quid to watch Rovers uh, against Castleford Tigers um, with no fans. Of, with, no, with no fans. So obviously, if you haven't done it yet, get yourself on there. Uh, get it, get it purchased. Because obviously, if you if you do watch it on your, your laptop, you can get an HDMI cable, plug it into your TV. If you've got a fancy phone or a laptop, you can uh, cast it onto your TV and stuff. So, you know, th- there's ways and means of, of doing it, is, isn't the joke? Yeah, there is, mate. And that's the thing. I know our league has got, copped a lot of flack last season, but they are trying the best. I like the sportsmen on YouTube as well. There's been a lot more games. I know it's going to calm down once life gets back to normal and we can start actually going to the stadiums, but the Our League app is pretty easy to use. I've seen loads of people say oh, it never works for me, but I've bought numerous games and, you know, always seems to take my money, so I must be doing something right, which is unfortunate because um, I made, I paid loads of games for the pre-season when I wanted my rugby fix and then on my um, Amazon stick, I ended up getting them for free, so I wasted about 25 quid, mate, and, you know, I'm a bit of a... Um, um, tight with my money, so I want to Joe, the only thing I don't like is the 6 pm kickoff on a Friday. Oh, it's one of it for people who are, I mean, luckily, I wear on half term at those schools, but for people who have you know normal jobs, the, the I just think it cuts across. Go on, mate, you go. It's really difficult. Time. No, I was just going to say, mate, I was just it kicks across a really difficult time because you, you're either having your tea, you're putting kids to bed, you, you know, you it, it's just a bit awkward, isn't it? Whereas seven o'clock kickoffs. Uh, or even eight o'clock kickoff, you know, you can get yourself set. Um, whereas six o'clock, it's neither here or there, is it? 
No, it's not. And that's the thing. There'll be people leaving, especially blokes on a Friday. You know, if you have any job, really, it's tough. We don't know what anyone's situation is. Are you working nights? It's it's tough, but people are going to miss out. And again, it's that, you know, there's no games. I'm just put it on at eight o'clock. It's not a big it's not a big deal. There's no fans there. It's not affecting the travel time or anything. Just get cast to go at eight o'clock. It's, but again, it's rugby league working. It's magic and trying to get fans away, isn't it, mate? I think that's the end struggle. But before we move on to our final bit, mate, and talk about the England team, go away from OKR. Okay. Predictions, Challenge Cup, Rovers against Cass. What's the score? Yeah, well, it's good job you're reminding me, Joe, there. Because if, if you just let us know, uh, obviously there's no tipping competition this week. And I didn't want to bring your embarrassment score up, mate. That's why. Uh, but if you, if you just want to remind everybody who's listening where we are in the, the standings, yeah, I think I'm. Am I two games ahead of you? Aren't I? I think I got five right last week, and I think I'm on. Is it eight points, and you're on six? Yeah, I had a disastrous uh, round two. Uh, I think I only picked one winner, whereas you picked five from six. Yeah, I think I had a rubbish first round, mate, but I definitely come stronger in round two. But yeah, so we'll have to get the league, the um, animation sorted up, mate, so it's easy to see after um, this round because we're back again against Uddersfield, aren't we, next week? But I'm just leading by two. But there is a long way to go, mate. But who do you Three. think? Cass or Rovers? Uh, Rovers, mate. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go Rovers and I'm going to go 2018. 2018. You'll go 2018. I don't want to sound an idiot now. Um, oh. <laughs> That's why you should never ask me first. All right, then. If you go Rovers, I'll go... Nah, go on, then. Um, 24-18 to Rovers. We'll call it there, mate. No, <laughs> but perfect. So that was it about Rovers and Castle. Guys, remember, it's on the Hour League app. And to finish today, we're going to speak about the England squad, mate. Sean Wayne's named his 30 man Squad, obviously, there's people in the NRL who won't be training next week with um, England and Sean Wayne. But he's lined up with John Bateman, Tom Burgess, Daryl Clark, Mike Cooper, Ben Curry, Nala Valds, Herbie Farmworth, Liam Farrell, Luke Gale, Oliver Gildart, Josh Griffin, Ash Handley, Zach Hardacre, former Robin Skipper, Josh Hodgson, Tom Johnson, Toby King, Morgan Knowles, Johnny Lomax, Jermaine McGilvery, Paul McShane, Tommy Makinson, Don Manfredi, Harry Newman, Matt Percival, Joe Philbin, Stefan Ratchford, James Roby, Dan Sarginson, Ryan Sutton, who's ripping the NRL up at the minute with Luke Thompson, Sam Tompkins, Alex Wormsley, Callum Watkins, Elliot Whitehead and George Williams. We spoke about the international game a lot, though, um, didn't we? The past few weeks with Rob Crossland and then it, when it was just me and you, we, we love England. We love going to watch it. We love the international game. What's your thoughts on the 35-man squad? There's no... Um, other fixtures apart from when we play the combined nations, which we've had our say on, haven't we, mate? For me, there is one player missing off that list who I'd like to see, even though he's a knobhead and I can't stand him. Jake Connor's got to be in that 30 five man squad. I thought he was going to stay right all then. I was going to stay right all. No, but if I, I, it's, I know you, we always have that joke about me backing all and stuff like that, but I think if for England competitively, it's tough because that fullback role, there's so many options. Who do you pick? Tompkins, Connor. Lomax can go there. He's got a strong teammate, Andy, but there is a few names missing. I know it's not much. I know it's only a training squad, but it's good to see the international game getting back to it. And I'm looking forward to seeing him against the Combine Nations, whatever that team may be, come June, July, whenever it is, Chris. Mate, I'm 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 a bit a little bit torn, a bit like Elmer Rovers at the moment, because obviously they're named a 35 strong squad. Uh seven of the players were obviously NRL-based. Not going to be not, not gonna feature. So I just think, well, 
what's the point? Then he named uh, Newman from Leeds, broke leg. injured. And then last week, well, the first round, uh, Ryan Hall got the England. So yeah. this is the England Ron Seal all rounder of the uh, round, which obviously alludes to the fact that Ryan Hall's an England player and then doesn't get named in the squad. So, you know, I, I, I love International Rugby League. I absolutely love it. And I'm going to put a, a... If you're listening to it uh, this morning, so it'd be... Uh, you know, obviously later on today, or if you're listening to it tonight, it'll be tomorrow. I'm going to put a, a little poll out tomorrow, Joe, and say, would you rather Rovers finish in the playoffs this season or England win the Rugby League World Cup? Because it'd be really interesting to get people's opinions on that. Because um, I, I, I love England Rugby League. I, do, I, I really believe in international rugby league. And I've had, you know, you, you look back to that Tonga in England game that we, we, you know, a few years ago. And yeah, yeah. Some of, some of the best moments I've had watching rugby league is actually getting up on a Saturday morning watching Test, you know, Test Rugby Great Britain taking on the Aussies. And, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to go to England New Zealand games and stuff like that. They're amazing, absolutely amazing. So I'm, as much as I love Rovers, I'm a staunch international rugby league supporter as well. And that's why I'm just a little bit torn with this squad announcement because it just seems a little bit of a nonsense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I mean, Don Manfredi, I mean, he's a decent player, but there's so many outside backs. Where's Liam Watts? He's, he's an absolute, one of our best pop forwards. His offload game had worked so well against the Aussies and he's missed out again. I don't think his face fits with a lot of coaches due to his previous um, actions when he was at all and stuff like that. But you've got to look past that. And again, I'm the same as you, mate. I've grown up, I think, Great Britain in 2006, documentary warriors down under. I watched it so many times. Growing up at my grandma and granddad's, absolutely loved it with Peacock, Sean Long, um, Sean Long, the late Terry Newton, Rob Burrow, just unbelievable teams coached by Brian Noble, and then obviously Tony Smith took over, Steve McNamara, that um, um, ankle tap from Josh du- Josh Dugan on Callum Watkins. It's I love watching England, and I'm looking forward to seeing the World Cup. I'm hoping we can actually get to the games. There's a few games at KC in the um, in the grand final and stuff like that. I'd like to get to. But there is some doubtful choices. There's some people who you're looking at there and thinking where you're going to fit them in. But that is the problem when you go with Sean Wayne, who's so Wigan has been at Wigan for so long. He's going to pick people like Manfredi because he's comfortable with them and he knows them. But we only deal with what we deal with, don't we? And that is the England squad at the moment. I'll tell you what, before we wrap up, mate, one person who I think is definitely going to be pushing for a spot is Herbie Farnworth. He's um, at Brisbane Broncos, for people who don't know who he is and don't follow the NRL. He's only 18, 19, moved over. I think he's a Leeds lad or a Bradford lad. He's ripping it up for the Broncos with Xavier Coates in the centre. I know they're struggling on the table, but his performances, mate, are absolutely unbelievable at the minute. Luke Thompson's starting for the Bulldogs this weekend. So there is a lot of people down under who were making a name for themselves. Ryan Sutton's got two and two at prop forward tries. So that can bring... Yeah, but do you know what, I get them, you know, like Ryan Sutton, etc. I get them. But would you rather have RBA Farnworth in there or Ryan Hall? Um, on a personal, oh, I don't know. It depends. It, de- it depends who is going to play on the wing in the centre. I mean, I know Ryan Hall's still England's top try scorer and he's still only... He's, I think the thing is at the moment, he said it went off form last season. 
So I think that's the only reason like Connor and Ryan Hall are in it because all only played six games last season. I think if Ryan keeps performing for Ulkan, if we can start performing, he'll definitely maybe have a chance at making the team in the um, summer. He said that today, aren't he? Yeah, but I get what you're saying, Joe, but he's picked Callum Watkins. Yeah, you know, I've seen that. Well, he didn't have a great, you know, he didn't have a great season last season, did he? Well, he got binned off, didn't he? That's why he came back exactly up. That. Yeah, I you know, I, I just this this England squad, and I, I don't know. I just think, um, you know, Nile Evels is he really an in, in, international rugby league player? No, you look at he's not going to get over Tompkins or Connor. Do you know what I mean? You mentioned them names again, but he's not going to get in that fullback spot, is he? I mean. I think who's definitely going to be pushing is Tom Johnson on the wing. So, there is exciting talent. I hope he, he mixes it up a bit because we're seeing yeah. the same England team. I'd like to see a few young guns coming in. Um, but it's exciting times, mate. And like I said, with Ryan Hall. And it's a shame because I know Elliot Minchella, there's a lot of people in front of him on the England map. But if he'd have carried on playing the way he had been, there'd have been no reason why. He maybe couldn't have got called up to the training squad because Wayne loves aggression. He loves that fighting mentality in defence and attack. And he definitely offered that Elliot Minchella and the last word will definitely go to him. You know, we wish him the best to recover him out. Unfortunately, we're not going to see him again. And it's that Rovers curse, Chris, isn't it? And it's happened to Elliot Minchella. Massive loss for us on the field. But for him, we hope he stays mentally strong. Tony Smith's already said he's starting his rehab. He's planning 2022. But we look at the bigger picture. We're missing our, probably our best forward for 12 months again. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a bit sobering, really, isn't it? Because yeah, like we've been so looking forward to seeing him um, play. You know, he, he he did so well last season. He got the vice captains. He didn't start, but when he came on, he made such an impact, and he's been taken away from us now. He's not going to play. So, um, and also it, it leaves a lot of questions, doesn't it? Because it's not just Elliot Minchella being injured and not playing, it's then where do the team then shape up in his uh, in his absence? Yeah, it's time for him to step up, mate, and they've got to do it on Friday night because Castleford Tigers are in town and we know what a good outfit they are. So the Challenge Cup, see you guys. Rovers are in action on Friday on the Hour League app. It's four ninety five to buy or £10 on Friday, so make sure you get it done. There's loads of links on social media. Remember, we'll have another episode out on Sunday with Josh Mantellato, Heritage Cast. It's a great listen to start your Sunday morning. There'll be loads of links, everything getting posted, all the clips as usual. Thanks for all your support, guys, as normal. We really appreciate it. Hopefully, we can start bringing you more positive podcasts soon. But for the minute, I've been Joe Adam with Chris Johnson. This has been the Red Robin Podcast. We'll see you next week, guys. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, cheers, mate. Take care.